Hey, what's up, everybody? It's KT Temple with the KT Temple Real Estate Podcast. I am here with Joseph Klosik. Thanks so much for uh, joining me, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate being here. Thank you for your time. So Joseph Klosik is an operating principal uh, of multiple Keller Williams offices. Before we jump into it, we're going to talk a lot about lead generation. He teaches a class called Lead Generate Like a Millionaire. I want to dive into that. But first, I want to learn a little bit about Joseph how he got into this role and what has really made him successful. So Joseph, how'd you get into real estate, man? Um, I stumbled into it, to be honest with you. I got recruited into uh, go to on-site luxury sales back when I was in my early 20s. Uh, a buddy of mine's dad worked at a really high-end development and said, hey, you should come get into real estate. And so I quit my job at the time, decided to get into real estate. And for unforeseen reasons, that whole gig fell through. <laughs> I was already signed up to get my real estate license. And so I just went searching for general brokerage and stumbled upon Keller Williams. I was in Atlanta at the time. So, Okay. And where um, are you operating out of now? Right now I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, the office I'm sitting in right now is in Mount Pleasant, um, but we serve the greater Charleston area between our two offices here. Awesome. So you're an operating principal now. Can you kind of go into what, uh, what responsibilities that kind of job has? Yeah. So if you're looking at it from a corporate structured standpoint, it's I work with a team leader. If you're Kelly Williams, everybody's familiar with the term team leader. It's kind of a CEO role. And I, as the operating principal, principal really serve to work side by side with him, them, I should say, to create the vision for the company, um, get the capital for the company, both from a financial as well as a resources standpoint, and then hold the leadership team accountable, particularly the team leader work with them as far as creating, casting, and delivering that vision for the company. Awesome. And how did you get into that role? Uh, happenstance. Seems like a lot of the opportunities I've had, I happen to be able to <laughs> Just had to right show place. up at the right time? Right, right. Either the right place at the right time or the wrong place at the right time, depending <laughs> on how you look at it. Uh, you know, I, for my first step, uh, first in, stepped into the first operating principal role back at the beginning, uh, 2019 and of 2018. Um, the person that was operating principal prior to me in that market center, um, was had, had made some changes in what they were doing and where they were focusing and were stepping down from that. And I was currently an investor. My wife and I were currently an investor, um, in that market center. And it seemed to make sense at the time we, we had been with that market center since its inception and very familiar with the KW leadership process and everything. So kind of stepped into that at the time. And then um, we had some great success with that market center. That's the Charleston West Ashley market center. We had some great success with it. And during that time started to build the relationship with uh, the Mount Pleasant market center, which is, you know, about 20 minutes away and kind of the same thing happened. The operating principal of the time was in there and um, had some things come up and wanted to focus on other things. And because we had been working in the market center from a leadership standpoint, as an investor, it was um, a good step at that point. Um, also, I would say on a quick side note, a lot of it is a squeaky wheel syndrome. I, I did want this role. I, I, I make jokes about it. I, I've, I've spoken about it for years and, and always said, you know, if there's ever a need, ever a want, let go and basically stay involved as much as I could. Gotcha. And so uh, it's, it's funny, when I first started at Keller Williams, I was, you know, applying for a job for an office that my dad was an operating principal. And uh, he told them not to hire me. So I always find that really funny. But when he, they did finally hire me, he gave me a couple of rules. And one of the rules was just show up, you know, be the person that's always around and opportunity will come about. So it kind of sounds right. like it's something similar uh, to how you got into this position. 
Yeah, I mean, it, pay, it pains me to admit it, though. Uh, it, what I will say is I, I, I follow a lot of your dad's advice as well. Uh, yeah, so Very. he and I being really good friends. And uh, uh, he has given me, he's always said that. He said, you know, if you want opportunity, because he himself has had a lot, uh, you show up, right? Show up, raise your hand, put in the work. And that, that, that is a big part of it. And so you're also a part of a group called Master Faculty. And yes. I think it's one of the, the hidden secrets of the Keller Williams models is, is the opportunity of master faculty. Can you kind of go into what that is and how you, you got to the point to be accepted into that group? Yeah, so um, the Keller Williams has Keller Williams University as the education basically arm of the company. Um, and for years, a uh, few years, actually was, was rated the number one training company in the United States, not just in real estate, just for, for company training. And we have a very um, mapped out system as it relates to people becoming approved trainers. And the, the goal of that is obviously to provide the highest level of education that we can for our learners, uh, which are our agents and our associates. And so what that for me was, is I really fell in love with teaching early on when I moved back to Charleston um, to continue my real estate career back in 2003, the, the real estate office, or the, excuse me, the Keller Williams office here was wasn't even Keller Williams yet. Honestly, the investors were still with another franchise and I kept bugging them about training. So they said, well, you seem to know the most about it because you've been with Keller Williams because at the time I'd, I've been with them in Atlanta. They said, here, train. So I just started training and really fell in love with that. I was training the, the newer people to Keller Williams at the time. And then as I grew in my leadership roles, I just kept doing that. And, you know, same thing sort of happened from an opportunity standpoint. I I had a, a mentor um, at the time, Janet Falk, who said, you know, hey, buddy, I'll support you as much as as much as I can. And you need experience. So get out there, keep teaching. I'll, you know, I'll help you, you know, give you a good recommendation. And I just started going out and teaching in the market centers and really started teaching lead generation, ironically, at the very beginning. And, um, so that grew into uh, Keller Williams University approved trainer and then Keller Williams master faculty. I, I got that um, 2018. So it's been a four years that I've been master faculty. Awesome. Yeah. Janet Falk, she, she gave me amazing advice when I first started off and I, I, I kind of, you know, was on the same reins of where I just fell in love with teaching. I found it to be really fun. And I was so scared to like bomb. Like I didn't want to like teach a bad class. And she, I remember her just being like, nobody's going to remember you unless you're good. Don't worry about it. And I was like, oh, that actually makes me feel a lot better, Janet. So true too. It's so true. You should do a podcast episode and have like a group discussion of trainers and the stories that they've bombed. Cause we've yeah. got, we've all got some good ones. I know it's almost like a comedian's like road show of like, what's the worst time you bomb? Like, <laughs> right, right, right. Cool. So uh, one of the classes you teach is lead generate like a millionaire. And give us give us the quick description of what that class entails. So honestly, this started because if if you were if you those people that know me know that lead generation is not an area that I excelled in the most. I didn't like it as much as as the rest of the business. Um, I was I was an agent, right? I was a team leader. I was you know it was the thing that that I didn't necessarily love the most, and I understood the importance of it. So um, really, throughout the teaching, I really bought into the models of, of Keller Williams, specifically the lead generation model. It's a simple one to follow. So to your question of, you know, what does that really consist of? I mean, the class itself is really a, um, I don't want to give away the secret, but lead generate like a millionaire was created simply because we had it in a market center one time and the team leader thought the name was entirely too boring. 
So he changed it to lead generate like a millionaire. We had 70 people sign up and come. And I was like, well, it's sexy. Do, man. Exactly. It's sexy. <laughs> I was like, how'd you get these people here? He's like, I changed that terrible name. Cause I think at the time I was calling it <laughs> systematized lead generation. That's super oh. attractive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so what it evolved, it's basically an evolution of a couple of different things. It's an evolution of a, of a Keller Williams foundational course called 36123. It really takes the mindset part of that course of, of getting into the mindset of lead generation, which has really become kind of a Keller Williams cliche. I mean, we talk about this, we joke about it. It's like the answers mindset and lead generation. That's because it is right. I mean, it's, it's to grow the business. We have to lead generate and to get into good leader lead generation. We have to have the mindset for it. So the class is divided up or the, into a couple of different areas. First is going to be the mindset of it. And then we go right into the models from the book. Honestly, most of the material now for this course comes right out of the lead generation model section of the business planning clinic. And it's really about that. You know, it's, I think for the longest time, um, Keller Williams was really the only for, for I should say Keller Williams has been the most consistent company as it relates to just speaking the truth about what it takes to build a real estate business, which is lead generation. And what has happened in this in the fluctuating markets, especially in this market we've had in the last few years is it's kind of gotten repetitive and people are like, well, it's got to be something else. It's not, though. Right. I mean, it, you know, it, we haven't had to do it as much in the in the last few years because the market's been quite abundant. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's, it's sticking to the basics with it and, and helping people understand that you got to get the mindset that it's not just necessarily cold calling or door knocking or doing what you hate, right? Let's find what it is you like based on your personality and then implement the system that, that gets you to your goals, not my goals, <laughs> not KT's goals, right? Like your goals, whoever they may be. And I think that's really important to like point out is that there's so many options. Yeah. I think. When, when people hear the word lead generate, they automatically say, I don't want to just make phone calls. And right. no matter which one you pick, you're going to make phone calls. I mean, right. Right. it's going to be a part of the position, whether you like it or not, you are going to make phone calls, but mm-hmm. you don't have to cold call a bunch of people. If you're right. doing lead generate right, I, I, I kind of made this joke um, in your market center when I was there a few weeks ago, that lead, generate, lead generation has been solved for a few years. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to, if you want leads, just go buy. You can go get leads right. anywhere you want to. Lead right. conversion is really where the problem starts for a lot of these people. You know, yeah. they get all these leads and they don't know what to do with them. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, that's, you hit the nail on the head, man. It's like lead generation isn't the problem. It's the follow-up. And that's the big part, you know, if, if the class, keep referencing the class, the class itself is broken down into four main sections, which are the four laws of lead generation, build a database, feed it every day. Well, that's what we just covered. People know how to do that. Like we can, we can build a database with whatever, you know, software you want. And then you put people in it, either buying them or going to meet them. And it's the second two is then communicating with them and then following up with them. Right. And so that's the challenge, um, communicating with them and servicing them, which is our fancy way of saying follow up. Um, that's the challenge is people, people aren't doing three and four. So when we say we need to lead generate more, what we really should be saying is we need to be communicating with the people we know more to convert them to leads. Like maybe if we yeah. just change, maybe, maybe it's that simple. I don't know if it is. Lead, lead conversion like a millionaire. Exactly. Lead <laughs> convert like a millionaire. <laughs> so when people leave your class, what do you find them really excelling at? Um, you know, I think the feedback that I've gotten, and I got back, you know, I got off of teaching it for a while with COVID and then been back on the road, so to speak, last couple of months and, and was just taught it twice last week. And, and the feedback that I love getting it from is, is people are saying, I feel like when I leave here, I actually have a plan I can implement. 
And for, for me, I really love that. I mean, we talk about there's some career learners out there, which I was for a while. Like, I'm just going to go and get educated because I need to know everything before I do anything. What happens is you end up having a drawer full. I keep referencing things like I'm on camera and I'm not. Um, you have a drawer full of, of you know, manuals and, and a smart drawer and you don't really do anything. So what they really excel at is finding their niche of what works, which typically ends up being their sphere of influence first. And then one or two specific lead generation sources. And then having a plan to just go out and talk to people, be comfortable talking to people, um, following up with them. You know, it's we talk a lot about the 36 to convert, which is a huge thing because people are not doing that. And so what does that look like? So it's, you know, a lot of people hear 36 to convert and they're like, that's too much, too much. And what it, for those that are that may be new to the system or to the company, it's it's basically a 36 touches over a one year period. And it's a communication process. It's, it's all it is, is a communication process. And a lot of people hear that and say, well, it's entirely too many times. Well, it's not 36 calls, right? It's not 36 texts. It's not 36 emails. It's a, it's a variety of different mediums in which you're using to communicate with people because they need to remember you when they are thinking, talking to someone about real estate. You know, we always get, and you've been in my class, we always get the, you know, one of the big things people are like, well, I just need to do a really good job and people send their, send their clients to me or send their friends to me. Well, correct. You do. And they will, if they remember you in that moment, they're having a good discussion. And the, and the, the lead generation broken down to a most simplistic form is to communicate with someone enough times that when they have that conversation with their friend, family, or neighbor, it was within a close enough period of time from when they heard from you that they actually think of you. Right. Because if you're talking to your, you know, your buddy on the way home and, and they're like, yeah, man, I really need to, to get my house on the market. And you happen to pass by a, you know, one, two, three real estate company sign. You're like, oh, that's who you should call because it's just who was in front of your face. It's the same yep. thing. Yep. And and I, I talked to a lot of agents and the mindset of being the local real estate agent is important, but it's also important to think about. Uh, you know, social media and how that's kind of changed things. You also need to be the international real estate agent because that phone call may be coming from anywhere. You know, we now are able to be connected by so many different communities that people forget, oh yeah, I can make a lot of money from referrals. So how has social media changed your class or has it changed your class? You know, full disclosure, it hasn't too much only because I think social media, um, is an enhancement to the basics of the lead generation. And, and so it shifted. Not a replacement. Of, not a replacement, correct. Yet, let me, let me be very clear. It's a, it's, a, it's a necessary enhancement. It's not an optional enhancement. And it's one of those where, sure, you, know, you might want to replace a couple of the touches with social media engagement. That's fine. You do have to do something. Um, what you've got to be careful with is, is having social media being your only means to communicate. Um, now, Again, full disclosure, this isn't the, the, the end all be all. We have a handful of agents within our you know, company locally. That's all they do is social media. The concept is the same though. They have the database of people that they have built, right? They're communicating with them regularly through social media. And then when they get those leads, they're following up with them. So the concept's exactly the same, yeah. regardless of what medium that you're using. They, they build off of each other. You know, they, they go... You, 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 you create the blog post that then you share on Facebook, that then you email to your network that the blog post is on your Facebook. I mean, it's, it all compounds together. Correct. And I think people get so siloed into, I just need to email. I just need to send postcards. I just need to make phone calls. It's all one thing. It's all building a business and being omnipresent around that business. 
that is such a great point that, that, you know, I wish we'd had that discussion first, because that's a big thing that people bring from the class too, is they realize that it's not 12 emails on a newsletter and then 12 emails with their video and then four phone calls that's on this. It's, you, you know, one of the simplest ways to do it is if you want to talk to someone, you would need a reason to talk to them. So what if you just did four events a year that were fundraisers? So there's four touches. Then you send an email about all of them. There's an additional four more touches. Um, then you send a, a follow-up email on all of them. That's an additional four touches. And then you make a phone call around them. So right there, you're 16 touches just from events alone that all work together, right? The email's about the same thing as the social media posts, whatever it may be. And it's such a good point because it's not, everybody thinks you have to reinvent the wheel on every single one. Like if you're calling, if you're doing open houses, use that as a reason to call your database, right? If you, if you're doing a, um, a market event or a fundraiser, use that as a reason to call your database. It's not having to have all these siloed ways of doing it. Yeah. So I know like as somebody who also teaches classes, you always have to be learning about that subject to continue to teach the class. What are, what are you learning about now? What are you paying attention to, to, to take your classes to the next level? That's a good question. Um, you know, I just started what you know, Jason Abrams just started this series or uh, continue the series of, of school is cool, which is really about knowing your learners, that sort of thing. Um, I, I started teaching also train the presenter, which is really leveled up my, the presentation side of it. it. It's really learning more about how to keep the information relevant without chasing the shiny object. So I'm really seeing how other people are doing it. Honestly, getting feedback and seeing from when you taught a couple of weeks ago, which by the way, congrats, got some huge feedback on that class, like positive Thanks, feedback. Man. They're still buzzing about it. Uh, appreciate that. Taking that feedback, making sure you're getting it from people and implementing it that way. And then becoming, you know, we've, we've got to model what, what we're teaching. Um, I, I, full disclosure, I stopped pursuing master, master faculty from probably 2015, 14, um, till 2018, because I realized I was going out there and teaching things that I was not doing. Um, mm -hmm. I was a good teacher. I was a great presenter. I got great feedback on my presentation skills. I had a little bit of an integrity issue on that because I wasn't really doing much of it. And, and, and that was a limiting belief internally. That's fine. Yet it really helped me get better at that actual craft so I could go out there and model it. Right. So here's how it worked for me instead of it all only being conceptual. But I think that's a, that's where leverage comes in. We're not supposed to be the masters of everything. If you come ask me about an offer to purchase, I'm not your guy. I haven't done one in a long time. But if you come ask me about an e email campaign, I'm your dude. Like that, that is, that's my yeah. bread and butter. So I, I think that's okay to, you know, say that, that's not my wheelhouse, but we have to kind of be doing something and you are doing something, you, you know, being a part of a market center, you're forced to be doing right. one of these things to start mastering and start teaching about. Right. So it doesn't 100%. Yeah. 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 And it, it's a good point on the leverage thing. And quite frankly, now, I mean, my, you know, Lynn and I still have our business that we have and we're doing some lead generation on that and quite frankly, kicking the back up a little bit with, the, with a little bit of a market change. The thing is, is what I teach in this and what we consult with our agents in here in the offices and, and, you know, in coaching, it's the same, they're the same concepts. They're the exact same concepts. It's just talking to agents versus um, buyers and sellers. Yeah. So same thing. So is there any new trends that you're seeing for lead generation or is it still the same exact things that it always has been? Uh, I'm going to, so I've been in this like frozen moment right now of there's this book that uh, Gary had us read called the innovation stack. Um, and it's okay. basically written by the guy who found um, the team that founded um, Square. 
And they t- the, the, long story short, there's a section in the book when they find out, you know, Square's about two years old at the time and this time of the book. And they find out that Amazon's just released a competing product, which is basically like death by Amazon at that point. Um, you know, what are you going to do? And they had this whole section on the chapters, chapter four, I highly recommend everyone read it. it. talks about how they had all these meetings and they did all these things and they decided not to do anything. And I thought that for whatever, I've literally read this one part of the chapter probably a dozen times in the last few weeks. Um, and what's interesting is there's a phrase in here. It says the only way we could respond to Amazon was to change something we were doing, but everything we were doing was done for a good reason. So we did nothing. And the reason I think that's so important to read right now is I think the trends that I'm seeing get back to, or that I'm seeing happen right now are people are actually getting back into traditional lead generation. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're, we're thinking we don't need to do anything because we've got the systems, tools, and models with our companies. Like, oh, we don't need to do anything. Well, we actually need to take the action because for the longest time, we just were not. And it's hard for people to digest that because this has been probably one of the harder markets to actually work in over the last 24 months because let's be honest, I mean, in the Carolinas, but I'm really across the country, multiple offers, everyone's emotions are high, COVID's and all this. It's just been difficult to do, but it hasn't been on the servicing of the business. It's really been more, it hasn't been on the lead generation of the business, been on more of just been responding to the market. You're just responding constantly. You're not being able to actually plan things out. Yeah. So what I'm seeing to your question is, is the trend that I'm seeing is people are going back and actually doing what they should have been doing. So they can truly say at this point, I don't need to change anything. I just need to stick with what works. And you're, by the way, we're seeing this and we just pulled out our, our rolling multi or our 12 month trends for our company. And what's amazing is if you see these high, high producers, they're the ones whose businesses are still trending upwards because they didn't have to do anything differently because they never got away from the lead generation side of it. it at the same time though, for these new people that are starting off, here's your opportunity. I mean, there's a lot of people who have become really successful in the past three years, four years, five years that never really got to flex that lead generation muscle. You know, mm-hmm. they were able to just respond to a happy-go-lucky market. They didn't really have to work on these open house marketing plans that you get the opportunity to do. I think right. this, this new market is just going to be full of opportunity for people to really say, oh, I'm going to plug in now. Yeah. Uh, well, and you're absolutely right. And what we're starting to see with that too, is it, it is becoming a more of a skills-based market. Um, I think the other trend what is- What does that mean? Are, so, you know, in a market where the available income per agent is high, which it has been, right? We've had just, the, you know, volume's been up, GCI's been up, right? Um, now that it's shifting, starts agents are starting to pull out a little bit. Um, fewer people, I should say, fewer agents are starting to pull out. Smaller volume, smaller GCI, which means more people are competing for less money. So what's happening is, and to your example, the people like I'm looking at our top report now out of the top 10 agents here in Charleston and, and, and Keller Williams, one, two, three, four, it's five of them. So 50% of the top 10 have been in the business less than four years. The challenge with those guys is now when they are starting to have to compete with the veterans, that's going to change. Is because they haven't really, for, it's a broad, race, broad brush statement I get. For yeah. the most part, though, they're going to have to learn that, hey, when I start going after these people that have been in it for a while, I'm not now, I'm no longer competing with the people that were just doing one or two sales a year. I'm now starting to only compete with the top agents. So I'm having, yeah. to, I'm having to level up my skills, become and, the expert and, of choice. And add a system that you didn't have to implement before. Those, those veterans that you're talking about, those 10 plus veterans, 
They had that system at one point. Yep. They're just going to, you know, oh, yeah, that system that we had seven years ago, we'll just use that again. A lot yep. of these people, I think, are going to have to go, oh, I got to learn something new. Right. It's coming. Oh, it is. It is. It is. Oh, man. So I, I appreciate the time. Is there anything that you want to leave us with? Any any insight that you might have? Anything that might be beneficial? Yeah, man, I think it's just keep it simple. I mean, lead generation doesn't have to be a, a, a tedious thing. It has to be consistent. Um, there are going to be days where you don't do well on it. There are going to be days where you don't really love it. Those, that's fine. Just come back the next day and do it and understand it's part of your business and look at it differently. It's again, like you said, I love how you put it earlier. It's like, you're going to have to make phone calls to people. You're going to have to change the word phone call to conversation. Like at the end of the yeah. day, you're going to have to have a conversation with someone because the goal in this entire thing, if you're building a business is to get buyers and sellers to close. They're never going to do that if they don't ever have a conversation with you. So keep it simple. Find a group of people you want to hang out with, spend time with, give information to, communicate with them regularly, and then follow choose up your audience. Make sure they know. Yeah, you 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 get to choose. You don't have to have your your audience by default. When I say audience, audience, I mean your database, your social media 100%. following. 100%. It's your option who gets to follow. If you want to work that luxury sphere, go have those conversations. Yep. Go add those people into your database. Have those people follow you choose the audience and choose the conversations you want to have around you. I think that's great insight, man. Awesome. So uh, where can people find you if they want to follow you or what classes are you doing that they can order you from you? I would say, I would say the best way probably now is just shoot me an email. I'd love to help anyone. Best email for me is joseph at kw.com. Um, I am getting more active on Facebook as far as upcoming classes and, and, and especially for agents. I'm working with my executive assistant to create more of a, of a community for agents, particularly now that we're building up the, group of people that I've been training um, over the last few months. So, awesome. you know, but in the meantime, though, find me on Facebook and then obviously email is the best way to get a hold of me. And what's your real estate team in Charleston? Uh, Saltmarsh Properties, my wife, Lynn and I. So yeah, any, any Charleston referrals, we'd love to take great care of them. Uh, Lynn will be the best point of contact. So you can rest assured that they'll be taken care of by someone who's talented. Um, and yeah, we'd love to help them. Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate your time. Guys, thank you so much. Remember, like, and subscribe to this. Definitely helps. Really appreciate it. And definitely at the uh, Facebook page, KT Temple Real Estate uh, Podcast. We'll be adding all the episodes there. And Joseph, thanks again, man. Pleasure having thanks, you on. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it.